Hey, baseball fans, this is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app. Welcome back to the Athletic Baseball Show for Thursday, August 23rd. This is On Deck, and I'm Stephen Nesbitt, and I'm joined, as always, by Levi Weaver. Levi, you're not going to be on the next show, though. This, as always, isn't going to work anymore. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Uh, I have just about fully recovered from my, my second ever bout with COVID. Uh, I, I have got a little bit of cabin fever because I've been trying to be responsible and not go out. And other than that, I am I'm just I'm ready to talk about some baseball with you, Stephen. Uh, today we are going to talk about some AL West madness. It's getting crazy in the AL West. We're going to talk about it. We're also going to preview our series of the week. We are doing uh, today's the arms race portion of our, uh, our our game center, which is that's my favorite one because I'm winning. And uh, also, Stephen is going to rank for us the top five foods you should eat if you want to have tasty burps throughout the day. I cannot wait. Can't wait for that one. We're actually going to go immediately into the uh, corrections on omissions segment, which is where I say I apologize. It is August 24th. For anyone who was is, lives their calendar by what we say on the pod, uh, Thursday, August 24th. So stay with us. Uh, we're going to keep up from there. And I don't think any mistakes the rest of the way. So Levi, things got tight in the L West. We've seen the uh, the Mariners be the hottest team in baseball uh, at time of recording, just as the games are getting underway on Wednesday. The Mariners have won eight in a row. They just beat uh, the White Sox Tuesday with uh, even with no Julio Rodriguez, who's been sick. This uh, note I saw out there, this is the latest in the season. Seattle has been within a game of the division lead since August 27th, uh, 25th, 2007. So the anniversary of that one coming up tomorrow. Astros have won two in a row. Verlander just won six shutty against the the Red Sox. He punched out uh, eight, I believe it was, maybe nine, and also gave one giant FU to Alex Cora. So that was a good time. And the Rangers have lost six in a row, just lost to the Diamondbacks six to three after going two uh, for 10 and with runners in scoring position and leaving 12 on base. That's how you lose a ball game. And so it's gotten down to all teams within one game entering Wednesday's action Texas still ahead. Houston is uh, half game back. Seattle one game back. They're all in playoff position currently. Levi, this is not what I was, uh, I think, start of the season. You would have projected a couple of AL East teams getting into the mix, but currently they only have Tampa in that first wild card and, of course, Baltimore way out front. So uh, AL West, surprisingly fascinating division this year. I kind of expected this, but I wasn't sure if maybe I was just too close to the action. You know, covering the Rangers for the last few years, you could see this beginning to develop in Texas. I I kept telling people they're going to be better than you think. I don't think they're a World Series contender this year, but I think they're going to make the playoffs. Like I think they're better than you think. And that's been the case. They've been in first place all season, but they are having one of those moments. It's a six-game losing streak. They lost the last game to the Angels. Which, you know, at that point, they were on a huge winning streak. So no big deal. Whatever. You drop one of the Angels, these things happen. Then they get swept by the Brewers. And you go, oh, geez. Well, you know, the Brewers have great pitching. 
the offense kind of fell apart for the Rangers, but the pitching is still looked pretty good. Like the, the starting pitching has been fine. And if you have good pitching and defense, you're going to be okay. Well, now they've lost those two to the, to the Diamondbacks and it's a six game losing streak. It's their longest of the year. It's not looking great. Jonah Heim has not quite looked himself since he's come back off the IL. He can only hit left-handed and he's been uh, chasing, I think a little bit more than usual. Josh Young still on the injured list. Nate Valdi still on the injured list, but the numbers, when you look at them, like the offensive numbers, the Rangers offense has been kind of streaky all year. They'll go out and score 10 runs for like a week in a row, and then they just won't be able to f- figure out what what is base, what is a baseball. Are we supposed to swing at this for like four games in a row? I'm not super, super worried about them as far as like what this tells us about this team. But man, it's coming at a very bad time because the Mariners are on absolute fire. The Astros are the Astros. We knew they were going to be better than they played for the first couple of months of the season. And yeah, like like you said, it's it, it's one game separating these three teams. And you look at what's coming up next, right? The Rangers go to Minnesota. Minnesota is not a great team, but they are another first place team. Meanwhile, the Astros are going to Detroit, which is not a very good team. Seattle, by the way, is playing at home against Kansas City. So I am going to just throw out my first extremely hot take prediction of the season. What are we, August 24th, as you said? By Sunday, I believe that we are going to have a new team in the AL West, and I believe it's going to be the Mariners. I am sold. I don't think they're going to win the division, but I think they will be in first place by the time Sunday night gets here. Wow. Yeah, yeah look at props. that. I didn't know we were bringing props today. Um, had I known, I would have said that I actually think the Rangers are going to stay in first oh, place uh, through the weekend. They're going to figure things out uh, here. No, this will, I didn't. It's just convenient that I had this on. Uh, you actually brought props to the stage. This is exactly what you want heading down down the turn here into September is that you're going to have a division race this good. Now, the expansion of the wild card means decent chance that all three teams get in. We had the debate a couple weeks ago. And it's getting even more turning even farther in the Seattle side, but would Toronto or Seattle get into the to the dance? And only one of them is probably going to do it unless the Rays are chased down or, or Houston somehow falls out. Or but, the Rangers. Uh, boy, I had mean, to feel much better. Or the Rangers fall out. Don't rule any team out of uh, falling out of contention at this point. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Rangers just haven't looked themselves lately, but I, I still think they have what it takes, especially if Max Scherzer is more of the you know vintage form we're seeing on and off here. Uh, John Gray, yeah. Beat the other day, but I think he's had a really he's nice season. He's been so good lately. Just no run support for him for some reason. I feel good about where they're at. Houston, I can't bet against them. And Seattle, I mean, look at what they're doing right now. And they do not have the most fearsome lineup out there, right? We were we were talking earlier this year about how they had three of the, the highest uh, strikeout rate guys in the lineup with Teoscar Hernandez, Jared Kalanick, and Eugenio Suarez. But they figured it out. They figured out a way, way to scratch enough across enough runs course with Julio uh, being at the the head of that lineup and have a, a rotation that is a fascinating one in my mind it's got Luis Castillo as your your true ace your number one even though this was supposed to be a, a rotation built around Robbie Ray a year ago he's been uh, he's out long term of course and Marco Gonzalez was there and now you have this this bunch of bunch of kids out here and they've been doing such a good job where you've had Logan Gilbert you've had Bryce Miller, Brian Wu, George Kirby. I was telling some some folks yesterday, I, I, it's not supposed to be this easy. You're not supposed to bring up these guys and have them all pitch effectively in a, a postseason caliber rotation. And they really could take their pick which three of those uh, roll into the 
into the uh, the postseason as their their top three. But uh, I feel good about what they've done lately, and certainly. But it's uh, it's getting close. So I like the Seattle call coming out of the weekend. It also helps when Julio Rodriguez has, and this is going to sound like I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. For 17 straight plate appearances in which he put a ball in play, a 1,000 BABIP. Literally 17 balls in play in a row that fell for hits. There was one that he reached on error, so but he reached base. On error, yeah. on, he reached, so I guess it's not literally 1,000. 17 balls in play, 17 times on base. That is, uh, as Jason Stark wrote recently, I, we think this is the first time that's ever happened. That'll definitely give a boost to a team's hot streak when you have just weird uh, magic like that happening. So... Good for the Mariners. Happy to see them succeed. Uh, let's see where things go over the course of the next, what do we got, like just over a month and a week left in the season? It's getting down to it. Do you like Formula One but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying, or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. It is time for our series of the week. Let's go to Stephen J. Nesbitt to hear the teams that he would like to talk about this week. Hey, that's me. Uh, hey, so the series I picked here was the Reds visiting the Diamondbacks. This is a four-gamer. Actually does have quite a lot of uh, playoff implications here. We're a little early to say that, but these are two teams really in the running in the National League. They're uh, going to need a wild card spot. And this is like the all of the rookies of the year candidates in one place at one time. So Cincinnati, where they stack up here is they are currently half game out of the wild card, four back in the NL Central, 65 and 61. They've been um, just okay lately, I would say. And the bad news they've gotten lately is Nicola Dolo had another stretch fracture in his uh, tibia, left tibia, uh, on rehab assignment, and he's out indefinitely. So, all right, that has been answered. He's been out for quite a while, and they're not going to get him back. So Hunter Green, Graham Ashcraft, Andrew Abbott, that's your – Top three as you're rolling down the stretch and, and into the postseason could be worse. They have a good bullpen, and when you look at their lineup, it's um, it's been pretty hit or miss. But it's completely reliant on these rookies. Well, T.J. Friedel, first off, needs to be talked about more. He's having a great season and currently 11 homers, 23 ribbies. But this is like it's a slippery slope if you start mentioning Seattle, uh, Seattle, Cincinnati Reds rookies. We only have like about a 20 minute window here for this podcast and we could be here all day just talking about Reds rookies. We saw the note just Tuesday night when Ellie De Cruz, who has cooled off, but is still obviously a very good player. He was the quickest in Emily history to 10 homers and 20 walks in his career, 64 games. Barry Bonds got there in 65. Take that, Barry. Matt McClain is having an excellent rookie season, uh, batting 295, 363 OBP. We all know how I like OBP. 14 homers, 11 steals. Spencer Steer, 18 homers, 11 steals. Novi Marte just came up. So they are a really interesting team. Probably not supposed to be here quite yet, but hey, you're here. Might as well get across uh, that line to the dance. Don't forget when we're talking about their rookies, uh, it was only 2021 that Jonathan India won Rookie of the Year. So like, it's not it's not just the rookies; it's also the second year players too. This is a I, I cannot get over how like cool the future looks for the Reds right now, 
And it just makes me wish that Joey Votto was like 30 instead of 39, because I would, I would just love for him to be there for a long stretch of success in Cincinnati. Yeah, and we mentioned Andrew Abbott earlier. He's been fantastic, especially how necessary it's been for him to be uh, showing up and posting because they had those those big injuries um, over the course of the summer to Green and Lodolo. The Diamondbacks, they have currently have the last wildcard spot. They did it with Alec Thomas making a beautiful catch on the warning track in center field on Tuesday night, racing back to the track uh, against the Rangers to help finish them off in the ninth inning. They're being driven by the the guys you would expect. Corbin Carroll's been been great. 21 homers, 38 steals. Come on. He's having, a, I mean, he's at the start of a an incredible career he's going to have Tommy Pham Christian Walkie saw what he did to me in the homer chase last week um he's been great and the pitching side Zach Gallen superb seen better things lately from Brandon Fott and uh Merrill Kelly's had a good season and, and um of note really Paul Seawold starting to settle in after he had a couple rough outings the probables in this one before I hand it over to you Merrill Kelly against Brandon Williamson Brandon Fott against Hunter Green Zach Davies against TBD and Slade Ciccone against Graham Ashcraft so I think that stacks up pretty evenly except for TBD who has a little bit of work to be doing on my end we are looking at the Dodgers and the Red Sox I know I talked about the Red Sox last week but this is there's just not that many great matchups happening this week it's a lot of kind of good teams against kind of bad teams or very good teams against very bad teams Dodgers Red Sox you have an extremely good team against the team that is they're on the brink the Red Sox are currently five games back in the wild card as I mentioned we've got about five and a half six weeks left of the season they are 66 and 60. Meanwhile, the Dodgers 76 and 48. Uh, if you want to look at the run differentials, that probably tells a better story of the two teams. The Dodgers are at plus 138. The Red Sox are at plus 27. On the Dodgers side, Mookie Betts is on an absolute tear right now. He has a uh, 419 batting average for the month of August. He has seven home runs. He's slugging 797. He has had a little bit of good luck. He's had a 453 BABIP in this month. It's no Julio Rodriguez, but it's still, that's very good results from when he's putting the ball in play. Slugging 797 will do that. You're hitting the ball where they're not. It's not just been like he's getting completely lucky, but maybe a little bit lucky. On the flip side, Miguel Rojas, who's hitting only 212 for the month. He's only got a 170 BABIP, which actually is very bad luck. I mean, you, you, don't, you don't have a BABIP that low. Especially, he's got like a 6.9% K rate this month. So he's not striking out. He's putting the ball in play, just not getting great results. The thing that has been the most interesting to me about the Dodgers, looking at their August statistics, uh, it's time for one of my patented quizzes where I quiz Steven on the dumbest, most like specific statistic. The Dodgers have had 20 pitchers throw at least one inning in the month of August. 20 pitchers. How many of those pitchers would you guess have an ERA of under two? Of the 20, I think, um, 10. You're very close. It's actually 11. 11 of the 20, more than half 11. of the Dodgers pitchers. And that's not just a bunch of relief pitchers either. Amongst the uh, 11 include certain starting pitchers, such as Clayton Kershaw, Lance Lynn, and Julio Urias, who has really come to town. So, I mean, they just look like a juggernaut. Uh, the Red Sox, by the way, for comparison, have also had 20 pitchers pitch in the month of August. 10 of them have an ERA of five or over. Only three have an ERA of under two. And one of those happens to be infielder Pablo Reyes. So I feel like the Dodgers have a really good shot at sweeping the Red Sox. And if they do, I think that's probably curtains for the Red Sox already this far back, this late. And if this doesn't do it to them, I mean, their next series, they are, where, where are we at here? I wrote this down. Currently, as we speak, but as we're recording, they're 0-2 against the Astros. They will play them again tonight, Wednesday. By the time you hear this, they will play them again. And then again Thursday. 
Then they they come home, they face the Dodgers here, and then after that, they face the Astros again. So by the end of July, like they don't face anyone else for the rest of August, not July, the rest of August, that's going to be a pushover. Just as I predicted the Mariners would be in first place by Sunday, I believe that the Red Sox will be fully out of contention by the end of August. But shout out to Tanner Houck, who is back after being hit in the face with a line drive. That is a, a little silver lining. At least he's back after 65 days uh, on the injured list. Congratulations. Under my honorable mentions, I mentioned, uh, or you mentioned that there's not too many strong matchups here. There are only four series here where both teams are over 500. That's kind of where we like to reside with our series of the week. It does make our arms race uh, picks a little bit easier because you're having some pretty lopsided matchups uh, this week, but uh, we'll get there. Uh, the two I wanted to mention, the other two uh, positive record team matchups, uh, Atlanta going to the Giants. Giants are just a half game out of wild card. And um, the Rangers uh, going to Minnesota. We already mentioned one game up in the division for Texas, five games up in the division for Twins. Have, really have no one chasing them. Athletic had a big story earlier this week about uh, the relative uh, historic weakness of the AL Central. So go read that. All right, Levi, you know what time it is. It's time for us to step into the on-deck arcade and make our arms race picks for the weekend. If you haven't been following us, good. We make one starting pitcher pick Every weekend, we have, we cross off a team as soon as we pick it one weekend. So we're getting down to the last uh, 10 or so. And uh, we put those two guys up head-to-head and use the game score 2.0, which is a fancy number, fancy stat that's on Fangraphs that takes into account outs recorded, hits, runs allowed, homers, walks, strikeouts. That's it. You just Time put it all in the, the in, the, in the calculator and, and it comes out. Uh, golden always in Levi's favor Levi currently leading 12 to 3 in the season matchup I am uh, mathematically eliminated but that's not going to stop me from making a fantastic pick that just means you get to take whatever wild hacks you want like it doesn't matter you should swing for the fences every time I'm going to catch on one of these tickets I've been holding and not get too creative I'm going Garrett Cole I have not picked a Yankees Garrett Cole against the Nationals on Thursday. <laughs> Yankees L9 at this point, last nine in a row. He was not good his last time out, but I think he's going to bounce back, uh, continue his Cy Young campaign, and uh, really help me out here. I need it. I uh, don't know how to look up who's going to be starting beyond the MLB.com app, and they're always kind of the last to update because it has to be officially approved by the team, which is why I'm so terrible at this game. I don't know when Kyle Bradish is starting next. He last started on August 20th. He will either be, though, however, like in the, sometime in the next week, he is either going to be at home against the Rockies or at home against the White Sox. So whichever one of those teams he faces, I'm fine with it. I don't know when it's going to be, but he's going to face one of them. Kyle Bradish of the Baltimore Orioles, final answer, lock it in. To give credit here, I always look at uh, Fangraphs Roster Resource, which is not official, but they just do a good job of mapping it out. They have him going Sunday against the, the Rockies. Perfect. Should be a good matchup. I'll take it. All righty. Well, it's time for us to go. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to Brian for producing today's show. You can find our work all week long at theathletic.com. Subscribe to The Athletic for $2 per month for the first year at theathletic.com slash baseball show. Sign up for The Windup, the, the Athletic's daily baseball newsletter with Levi and Ken Rosenthal for absolutely free. Coming up next in your feed, The 3-0 Show. DVR, Eno, Britt coming in your ears. They're going to be a great thing to listen to there. I'm not sure what we're going to talk about, but it's going to be great. Trust me. Give us a follow on Twitter. Levi is at 32EFIS, and I'm at Stephen J. Nesbitt. The two of us will be back on Monday with more of what's on deck. So on your burp list, carrot cake, that's a top fiver, right? <laughs> that's a definitely a top fiver. <laughs>